Think all the way back to one year ago. If I told you that I had just traveled back from the future in a time machine made from a DeLorean, all the way to the year 2020, where I witnessed Great Depression-level unemployment, widespread civil protests in the streets, and nearly 200,000 Americans had died from a killer virus with no cure, you'd probably ask me if Biff Tannen was president, which he kind of is, I guess. But what if I told you at the same time, the stock market was at an all-time high, housing prices were skyrocketing, that the government was mailing free money to everyone, and that the banking system somehow figured out a way to show me the money, print unlimited money. I mean, you might want to jump in that DeLorean with me, and uh, wearing a mask, of course, and start investing. But how long can all of this last? Is this something that is going to be affected by the election? Is it caused by the election? So today on Dumb Money Live, we're going to reveal the stocks we're trading into this election cycle housing boom and how the election could change everything. This is Dumb Money Live with Chris Camillo, Dave Hansen, and Jordan McLean, streaming live on YouTube. We are Dumb Money. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there, Dave here along with Chris and Jordan. Welcome to Dumb Money Live. I just got back from the year 2020 and you are not going to believe how cool the Pepsi bottles are in the future. Where did you get that Pepsi bottle from, Dave? <laughs> you gave this to me as a housewarming gift. Yes. Authentic, authentic future, prop man. from... Uh, is that Back to the Future 2, right? It was uh, Back to the Future when they went to the future. Not 2020, but all the way to uh, uh, 2018, I think? 2017. I'm glad to see you didn't sell it on eBay and you actually kept it. Oh, no, it. I keep this. And it's really actually good. normally back in this uh, this fake shelf of, of stuff that I would normally just have out. That's your favorite movie of all time still, of right? Of all to this time. Day, That's, your number one. It's absolutely my favorite one. movie. And I, I, I actually try to watch it at least once a year. But awesome. anyway, we have two things going over on right now. The stock market and the real estate market are on fire. Mm -hmm. Not not all real estate. Commercial is still a complete mess, but residential homes are skyrocketing. So a few things to frame our discussion this morning. Is the election fueling this housing boom? What are the other drivers? Um, what are the different ways we can trade this? And we will reveal our personal picks. Okay, so let, let's start with that. Is the election fueling this or is it something else or is it a combination of all of the above? I, I think it's a combination. And when we did our election, we promised that we would do a deep dive into every aspect of the election trade. And obviously today we're covering this home surge. This is just the start. It's like the perfect storm, right? There's very little inventory on the market, right? All of a sudden we have everyone has... You know, everyone has staying at home all the time. So they're thinking about their home, their vacation home. Maybe they don't have a home. They have an apartment. They want to get in a home. Right. Yeah. And so there's this. And, and, then and we you have also have people who were in cities that want to go to the suburbs, go to the more remote urban, moving to suburban. Right. That's Work a huge trend. So like you can actually be anywhere you want to be now. So why, why just take advantage of that? But how about this? Record low interest rates. Interest rates, rates and yeah. Joe Biden potentially, we have no idea, Joe Biden potentially coming into office if he gets elected has basically came out and said that housing is a big part of his plan. He wants to subsidize and back mortgages, get more people into low house, uh, low cost housing. So that could be a major tailwind if it looks like he has a shot at winning this election. And I think that would be like 2.0 of the housing boom. We're in like just started 1.0 right now. That would be 2.0. And guys, when you know when the housing boom, they don't just come and go every six months. We go through cycles. This is the beginning of this massive cycle because we've had a rough six, seven, eight years in terms of housing starts, right? That we're just now starting to come out of this last year, 2019 coming out of it. And now it looks like we could be in for a multi-year run. It went from a, from, yeah, from a really kind of a slow housing and, and especially with the, with the builders to 
all-time highs. The the what is it? The builders index. There's like this bank index that tracks the sentiment of the builders. It is at an all-time high right now. And that's Can causing we... all kinds of things to happen. Lumber prices are out of control. So that let's talk about the different ways to trade this boom. And let's start with the builders. Without talking right? about stocks. Don't talk about stocks. Let's just talk about the different ways to trade it and then we'll dive into the stocks and our picks. So, okay, guys, what do you think? So what are the ways? I was gonna say start with the builders, and there's those builders that are building lower income, which could be beneficial be, benefited from a Biden presidency, the traditional builders, the luxury builders. There's there was a uh, lot that they tore down the house like a year ago. And like last week, the uh, tractors came in and started pouring the foundation for it. Right. It, this it's, it's happening all across the country. New. There's such a small amount of inventory of pre. What do you call a pre-owned house? Traditional existing houses that that people <laughs> sell and someone else moves in. I don't know, like here, a used house. Here is it peer to peer home sales. I mean, I. Uh, <laughs> but there's a, such a. But you know, what, we're at an all time low for those the availability of existing homes on the market is what I'm trying to say. And what do you need to build a home? You need lumber, and lumber is hitting like crazy all time highs right now. So the lumber companies are something that we're going to talk about in this show. Also, yep. what do you need besides lumber? Roofing, siding, insulation. So there's a host, whole host of companies that do that. All of the components okay, that go that into a new house. Uh, yep. Large appliances. Gotta, I mean, Chris and I both. Most people are going to have to get a loan, right? So you've got uh, some of these. And you probably don't want to go with the bank because banks are in trouble right now. So you can go with some of these non-bank um, mortgage companies. The hottest Good new trend is non-bank mortgages. I've, n I've never done it, That's but right. uh, I I can tell you for sure I would. Trade for us this summer, right? You say you said lot large appliances. Whirlpool's a huge trade already. Um, yep. But what's your favorite, Dave? How do you like to play? You're you're so boring when it comes to stuff. But what is your favorite way to do I'm this? I'm boring. No, I am. I am <laughs> smart about things. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm not. I, I don't think that I'm going to go into like. Oh yeah, I think Dr. Horton. No, they're already at like this record high. You know, they've already priced into like this the future of building. Um. So so I'm probably not going to go with a builder. I my picks are going to be more along the lines of what are people doing right. So I I do, and I'm, I'm not going to buy lumber. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'd buy some lumber. You can convince me to buy lumber, but I'm I'm sticking with my tried and true Wayfair because people need to furnish these new homes and they're not going to furniture stores to do it. Uh, I'm going with just th th that kind of basket of stocks that I that, that are already benefiting. You see, I, I take you, you for like Reeves. a Zillow or a Redfin guy, right? Because uh, you... You love the tech. Well, I do it's love the tech. Uh, it's consumer facing. Yes. Right. And so that's something that I can see Dave getting behind. I, I mean, but Dave loves the REITs, though. Aren't you going to say like residential real oh, see, estate? REITs? I might be the only I, one that owns a residential MBS REIT right I now. I had a residential REIT um, when we when sure. we saw that early market data that we thought everyone was going to uh, not be able to pay their rent. And they got wiped out. But then the numbers came back that people were paying the rent and they came roaring up and I made money there. I'm not so sure about the, I, I don't think that people are going to be able to continue to afford their homes. So I'm kind of staying away from the REITs. I think that, you know, the, the, the builders are going to build the houses, but then once they've built the house, is that homeowner going to be able to, even with record low mortgage rates and the they're paying less per month for a bigger house than they would have normally had because they're moving to a, a, an area that's cheaper outside of the center of the city. I'm thinking that people might be stretching a little bit and we don't know what the uh, actual world economy is going to do and domestic economy. So I'm staying out of REITs, residential and commercial. Okay, so, so you want to just tell us your actual picks? Like, what are your actual picks for this? Just, just call them out. Wayfair. They got all that I need. Wayfair. You love Wayfair, love Wayfair, man. You love that Wayfair. You can't get enough. Hey, man, I'm in it too. I mean, Chris, I'm, I don't, I'm you, not... you've been at the house. I... I keep thinking I, I need to do something and I never actually pull the trigger and buy something from Wayfair, but I, a lot of people do. I just have, a, I have different tastes Dave, when it comes to furniture. Did you, did you guys get that text the other day, right? Oh, actually, you know what? I did buy, I bought something on Wayfair. It hasn't come in yet because it's back ordered, but I bought a new desk because this one is a little too big for the space. Dude, well, you got a new desk. We bought a $450 rug. It was the wrong color. Wayfair said, just keep it. We'll send you another one. We sold it in like two hours in a neighborhood like Facebook group for 250 bucks. 
And then they sent us a new one, wrong color, again. They said, fine, we'll refund you for the whole thing. Just keep it. It's too expensive to ship it back. We sold that for $250. Now we're up $100. Bucks. My wife finds this the actual rug on another website for $400 even. We ended up making money, made money on this, and got a free rug out of it. But yeah, Wayfair needs to get their stuff together. Something's going on with their inventory. That, as a shareholder, it doesn't make me feel great. Yeah. But maybe they're making so much money they don't even care right now. Who knows? I mean, they 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 um, don't. They they care about top line revenue, and you know the fact that they gave you your money back is probably not the norm, right? They they probably they don't care if they have to ship the same thing four times. As long as they got paid for it once, it shows up as revenue. Okay. All right. So Wayfair is that's your, my Wayfair's that is my go to housing play because I I just don't really love anything else. All right, fine, fine. <laughs> All right, uh, well, well, let's, let's let's Jordan. Well, let's get something even more. Can Jordan? Could you find something even more? I mean, Wayfair's not Wayfair's not conservative. Not conservative. I mean, really not. I I'm also in restoration hardware because personally, that's more like I've I have more things. I, I guarantee you, I have more things from restoration in my house than Wayfair. But th- that's it. Yeah, but Dave, how much did you pay your designer to design your house? Mid six figures, though. I mean, I have, I, 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 I'm embarrassed to say, but I'll say I'm completely transparent about everything. The budget for my furnishing this house was two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and I went over it's budget. Less than I thought. It looks it looks like at least a half million dollar job to me. You, you that was, did that was my budget, job. but I, you know, that I went over because everything in my house <laughs> is designer. All right, Not, and Jordan, that doesn't include tell us art. The conservative... Tell us the conservative way to play this. Go ahead. Give it to us. Yeah, I mean, I, so I uh, I own some of my favorites, Home Depot and Lowe's. Um, I own a REIT. I own Annalee Capital Management, which is an MBS REIT, which is paying, by the way, 12% right now. And there are some 12%. high high yielding REITs out there. I do, I do get you on is that. Is it a risk? Maybe. It's trading, under, it's, a, it's trading under the asset value, right? So it's trading like... Maybe like eighty-five or ninety percent of the book value. Um, is there some risk there that uh, if stimulus drops out, that you're going to see delinquencies pile up? Maybe, um, but I I can just sell it at any point in time. Um, it's also so a that's nice kind of how I'm playing trade, it. Right? I, what's that? It's a nice stimulus trade. So if we do get that stimulus yeah. deal, that thing will come up quite a bit, I would imagine. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it's a good one. I, I mean, I'd like to be in some of these home builders. They're just they've taken a huge run so far, and they're sitting at all-time highs like Lennar and uh, DR Horton. Um, I'm not playing the lumber all-time deal. Highs. I know you're probably looking at that more than I am. Um, yeah, that's how I'm playing it right now. All right, man. Well, that's... I guess slightly with like Home Depot and Lowe's because they would benefit a little bit from lumber prices. They, and they benefit from people needing to do things around the house too. So, I, I mean, for, for yeah. different reasons, I like that. I'm not invested in Home Depot or Lowe's, but I do like those. Um, I was just... okay. I was just pulling up some some data here. All right, so so Jordan, I um I do also like Home Depot and Lowe's, and I'm in both. Okay, and I'll I'll give you that. Uh, you know, I'll take a look at that. I'll take a look at that REIT. But what I think is really interesting, you might think I'm crazy. I do kind of like the lumber companies. I haven't bought them yet. So there's two of them. There's uh, Weyerhaeuser, W-Y is their symbol, and there's Rainier, which is R-Y-N. And the interesting thing about both these lumber companies is they both also manufacture their own lumber. So they own the land, and they own their own manufacturing facilities. It's really nice. Uh, it's a it's a really nice complementary thing to where they reduce their cost dramatically, and they, they're able to be a low-cost provider of the lumber because of that. My bet is on real estate and the housing boom. And if you get a housing boom, I think the housing boom is going to be focused on lots and lots and lots of cheap houses. And that requires continued lumber. So I think lumber has a really nice tailwind. And I love, love investing in sectors that have massive tailwinds. Okay. And if Joe Biden gets elected, I think that will just accelerate. Okay. Um, Also, I actually like some of the individual home builders, even though they are trading up significantly from where they were a few months ago, but so is Tesla and so is Peloton. But I feel like Tesla is more uh, of a game changing, life changing (laughs) industry and building homes they can only build so okay, many. Let me just say They're going to run out of lumber. They let, shut down let, the let, lumber for so long when, when the, the pandemic first started. That's why the prices are up because they they weren't producing. But the lumber companies haven't come up that much. And, and when it comes to home builders, guys, builder? I think that this is a multi-year 
housing boom run that we're potentially about to start with all these people that have been cooped up in cities. Now they see the, they appreciate the concept of having a yard and a neighborhood. I think there's going to be a massive amount of demand coming into this market the next 24 months. I think the home builders that are capable of making cheap homes, especially if Biden gets elected, he's going to subsidize those mortgages to get in those cheap homes. So if you look at DR Horton, they have an, like an express product, homes as low as $100,000. They're perfectly positioned. I bought some of them this morning, okay? I also bought, in addition to DR Horton, I bought, uh, where is the company I bought? Oh, LGI Homes, okay? LGI Homes is interesting because they have uh, a massive amount of real estate and home building in the South and in Texas, where I think the vast majority of this influx of people moving and buying homes is going to come the next two to three years. Okay, So I really like the geographic positioning of LGI. And on KB Homes, KB is fascinating because KB does a lot of solar stuff in their homes. Okay, They're all about marketing to the millennial Gen Zer. So KB has a really interesting, like I think they, they're doing, have like a really nice niche that's going to be really well positioned for these new home buyers in the next couple of years. They're going to take advantage of all these government programs. Okay, So I bought all three of those home builders, even though they are high. I agree. They are a little high. Okay, guys? Um, but in addition to that, I love my beacon roofing because you can't build a home without roof tiles. You can't build a home without insulation, which is a company they acquired last year. You can't build a home without siding. Well, you can, but a lot of these cheap homes are going to have siding that beacon roofing cells. And it's hurricane okay? season, hey, and they also beacon benefit there. What's price looking like right now? That's, a, that's an interest. I, I agree. I like beacon. Yeah, I, I like them. Of course, I would. I, I, they doubled in the last few months, but they had never been down that low in years. So it's like they're back to kind of a semi-normal level. They have a lot. This stock, Beacon, can move. Beacon can move in a housing run, okay? So I love Beacon. I love Home Depot. I love Lowe's. I love those. I like those three home builders because of the way each of them are positioned. I would want to double down on low-end homes, not high-end homes, although, you know, D.R. Horton kind of plays across the field. Now, so far, what we've seen is median home prices rising, and that's because uh, more expensive homes are moving better than lower-priced homes. So yeah. just so you, just to kind of set the expectation of what's been happening so far, you're thinking that the election could then push that lower price home higher. I, I, I think I think it can because I think a lot of people, you know, every we have this natural migration, Jordan, of people moving from apartments to homes, right? And I think we've had a stalling of that this last year, right? So I think once we get out of this period, there's going to be a lot of people. And by the way, guess what's going to be really expensive to do starting next year? Travel. Travel. We all think we want to travel, but it's really expensive to travel next year. Could you imagine how much it's going to cost to get an airline ticket once the whole world opens up again? How much hotels are going to charge? And a lot of people are going to make the decision. Well, we can travel, but let's. we can also buy our first home. You know, Biden's giving us this great subsidized, you know, Know, the mortgage rates are low. They're keeping them low. The interest rates are low. Everything is set up. Dr. Horton's building a beautiful express home for us for 100k. Right? Yeah. I mean, like, I think a lot of people are going to get excited about that. But they you are. know, what I and, also and, love? and I because love the inventory is down 20 percent from last year, and first-time home buyers up from last year, that accounts for 34 percent of all home sales is first-time home buyers. And they're buying the starter what, homes the that they are built. The thing that kind of concerns built. me about this is that those lower end homes tend to be further away from city centers, where like a lot of those, where a lot of the lower paying jobs are. Um, well, and so, isn't it wouldn't isn't it better for the for some of these people to you know have less of a commute? be in an apartment and uh no because there's no more commuting jordan that's what you're forgetting yeah, there is no, no, commuting. No, no, no no you're missing it because these people aren't like these people aren't working from home they're not they're not in a tech job they are they're like you know working at a restaurant or just normal jobs um that that don't benefit from some of this uh that's why the high-end housing is moving is because the work from home trend is for some of these higher-end jobs like you know computer programmers engineers architects stuff like that people that can actually work remotely but how are they paying for these houses we need to we need to talk about that other aspect what you know what is what is are the mortgage companies are the banks are they going to kill it i i've been staying away from the banks right now completely but is there something to to think about with the uh with the you know the mortgages 
There, there is, there is, and that was my last pick. And by the way, Jordan, there's 65 million people in this country that cannot afford a home at 200, under 250, at 250k. So I think this new concept of really cheap homes, even though you're right, it's not the type of person we're talking about that's flush with cash. Is about to be a little flush with government cash and government subsidies, right? And an incentive. The government's going to say, "Go buy a home." We're going to let you. Biden's going to be all about. I'm going to get you in a home, okay? For the you could be 40 years old, 50 years old. I'm going to get you in your first home right now. That's what he's all about. Whether it works or not, I don't know. But I think the market is going to have a perception it's going to work. Dave, I like the mortgage companies too, and I spent a lot of time thinking about this. And I had to make a decision. I wasn't going to buy two. I was only going to buy one between Rocket and Mr. Cooper. And that was kind of my thing that I've been working on this week. And I did make a decision yesterday. Well, and that's why we uh, need to. Definitely put those two head to head to decide, would you rather? So let me uh, get ready to do a new segment called, would you, I didn't even move the, I'm so bad at producing this show. <laughs> okay. So I need to move the ticker over. We already talked about housing boom. Now it's rocket versus coop. Okay. So let me just uh, get everything set. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm so excited. Today on Dumb Money, it's a battle between two new style mortgage companies. Would you rather invest in Rocket, the turbo boosted robot assistant uh, instant approval mortgage app, or would you rather hang out with Mr. Cooper, where instead of online rates and digital applications, you talk to a human loan officer on the phone? Think about it. You can only pick one. You have to pick one. It's time to play Would You Rather. <sighs> All right, here's how it works. We're going to put two investments head to head. We're going to talk about each of them and then decide which one we think makes the better investment. We each have to pick one. We don't have to agree. Chris has a crazy high risk tolerance. Jordan doesn't want to lose a dollar. And I'm very pragmatic about investing. We don't expect that we're going to agree on much, but in less than 10 minutes, you'll know exactly which of these two stocks we think most deserves our dumb money. It's Rocket versus Coop. And first up, Jordan, which one are you? Are you I'm guessing you're hanging with Mr. Cooper. Uh, well, I'm going to talk about Mr. Cooper. So Mr. Cooper is the, maybe not the original SPAC, but they were doing SPACs before SPACs were cool. <laughs> so they did a SPAC uh, back when they were Nation Star Mortgage in 2016. They are a small cap, um, non-bank mor mortgage originator. Uh, they do, they're probably like the top, they're in the top 15 of mortgage origination. So they're not huge. Market cap of like one and a half, 1.6 billion, something like that. Um, but they are also a, uh, mortgage servicer. Um, but they rebranded to Mr. Cooper. Um, are, are they still on, operating under a couple of different brands? I have no, I think, no, no they, uh, well, they've got the XOME Zome or something brand, but that's, that's not their mortgage side. That's it's like, Washington Mutual reborn. It's literally Washington yeah. Mutual. They, they, look, they, this is the old look, Washington. That's for, why they're so big. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, here's the, the, the bit with them is that here's the, and this is what I don't like. So to be able to get a mortgage, you have to actually talk to somebody or act to email somebody. So you got to fill out a form. They don't have an automated technology process. So, um, so that's, that's probably my biggest beef with them. Um, but as far as like value is concerned, I mean, they do 2 billion of revenue with a 1.69 billion market cap. So I think there's opportunity there. And they, they originate like you they're the number three loan originator in the world, right? Or in the country. No, they're not. They're no, not. no, no, no. They're, their uh, they're top that? 15 mortgage originator, but they're top, but they're top. They're like the number, they're the third largest servicer. Of servicer. Loans. Servicer. Okay. Yeah. Servicer. Ah. And so they've they got a lot of technology around their loan servicing, but just not, not around origination. They are the big monster old school Washington Mutual loan servicer. They service all the loans. It's just like a bunch of back office. Right. They are they are had the worst reputation ever. I mean, their reputation was so bad that they had to rename the company. And when yeah. they did that, they hired a really cool marketing agency, it sounds like, and came up with a sweet name. Like the best thing they have going for them is that sweet name, Mr. Cooper. Like who would think it's an old, nasty company that doesn't even understand technology? <laughs> like somehow like Mr. Cooper, it's a cool- You know, as soon as you go to their website though, because I actually, in researching these two, the first thing I did was like, well, what if I wanted to refinance? What What's the process? And you know, their website had no information other than click here to get started. No. And then they wanted just it's my just, name and phone number. It's basically a lead form. Their website is a lead form. Yeah, that's all it is. Right? There's no technology. It's like a, it's like they, they made that technology in 1998 
and then they just kind of let oh. it let it. They're a they're a new school then. mortgage company or new school name mortgage company just running an old yeah. school business. But you have to believe that they're gonna that they're gonna you know go through the rocket model and have an all online application process at some point. Maybe sure, and who else wouldn't? I mean, there's 800 other companies that are trying to do that now. Would we even be talking about Mr. Cooper if they weren't called Mr. Cooper? That's all I want to know. Well, no, I mean, the only reason we're talking about it is because there's not many public non-bank mortgage originators. So if you're going to go, any other public company is a bank um, that does this stuff, and so you're getting mixed in. So this is like a pure play on mortgage, right? Um, Generally, when we think about pure plays it's like they're lighter companies that can move quicker that aren't don't have like those old school processes and work like cultures this is the opposite this is like technically a pure play but they're a weird offline pure play which is like once once you actually get past that initial application they do have some sort of a digital platform it's just you can't even get to it because they don't even let you start the process. Well, I think so. Like I said, they're the third largest servicer, and I think their servicing platform is pretty adva- like it. I don't know if "advanced" is the right word, but like feature full, right? Legacy. I mean, <laughs> large I mean, legacy it's, platform. It's yeah. <laughs> so, Chris, that means you're taking the other side of this one, or at least explaining the other side of this one. And I, is there really much? Uh, is there any much like? I think we kind of know which so one we're going to you- bet on, right? So. Let me Tell me you, about rocket companies. Let me take you on a journey from <laughs> 2005 to 2020. Rocket, rocket mortgage, an actual technology company, um, a hype company, the hype company in mortgage, if there ever was such a thing. Okay. Like they are a technology first company. They have basically uh, streamlined the process of applying for a mortgage, no bank involved, right? Totally on the fly, really good customer service. It's all about brand and process. I love it. I love everything they're trying to do at Rocket Mortgage. They're quicken. The same way that Washington Mutual was Mr. Cooper, is what Mr. Cooper is today. Quicken, which is also kind of a digital company, a little more savvy than Washington Mutual, I must say. Uh, my wife used to work for Washington Mutual and HR back in the day. No offense. Uh, but Quicken knew what they were doing, right? They didn't just give a name to this, like Rocket Mortgage. It is technology first. And we're, they're starting with mortgage, but they're not ending with mortgage. They're doing car loans. You know, they have Rocket Home. Uh, they're going to be doing all kinds of loans. And they're a true fintech company that is developing the first front-end monster brand, consumer brand, using mortgage as the front gate to suck people in with relationships, right? And because they are a originator, they are like the number one originator, I think, one of the top originators right now in North America. They are so light. They know how to market that if you believe, and I think we do believe, that there's about to be a home boom, Rocket Mortgage is perfectly positioned, potentially, to take advantage of that because they're light, they're originator, they don't hold their loans, okay? They sell all their loans, so they don't have any interest rate risk on those loans. They don't have any default risk on the loans that they originate. So if you just want to go, I want to play the home boom with the mortgage company, I want them to be light and technology-oriented, and the best part about Rocket Mortgage, I think, and I'm not telling you which one I picked out of these two yet, but <laughs> yeah, you have. But 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 the thing about Rocket Mortgage is they are a hype company in a hype market that I think will continue to be a hype market for at least the next twelve months. Okay, guys, and Rocket Mortgage is exciting. Listen, we have our Discord group at dumbmoney.tv forward slash Discord or something like that. Is that what it is, that Dave? Is. And that's all. Anyone? They all love talk about Rocket Mortgage. I'm like, what is this rocket mortgage? Why is it so hype? It just because is. Because it's a tech company. And, you know, because it's it's not a mortgage company. It's a tech company that is improving processes. And so the way this game is played, we each have to pick a winner. So I will just let you know, I am definitely picking rocket. So as a user, anytime I'm able to do something myself without having to talk to a human, that's what I'm going to do. Instead of going to a grocery store, I'm going to order on Amazon. Instead of doing anything, I'm going to... Basically, I'm going to be doing it on Amazon, but Amazon doesn't sell mortgages yet. And until they do, 
I mean, the traditional experience, I've, I've done the mortgage thing multiple times and it is just painful. You have to basically walk through on the phone, telling someone your, all your thing. And then you have to gather up all your documents and like PDF them all like statements and then email it. And then they give you the, this stuff you have to fill out. And then sometimes they'll fill it out for you, but then you still have to go somewhere in person and sign and the stamp. And it is such a backwards old school way of doing things that rocket changes that. And like I said, I, w- I went through the process just to see what it would take to refi my home because I heard someone uh, in like someone, some other YouTuber said that they basically were able to uh, do a mortgage while watching TV. They just filled out the things and it was that easy. I got to the step where they wanted my social and we're going to pull my financials. And I was like, I, I don't really want to refi. I, I don't have a mortgage even, but if I did, I would be getting it from Rocket. So I am, I'm betting all in on Rocket. Chris, I'm, I'm guessing, I'm guessing we kind of know which one you're leaning towards too. Well, you know what? Let me tell you something. Here's the thing about Mr. Cooper. If Mr. Cooper, the reason why Mr. Cooper is trading at such a low PE right now um, is because people are worried about people defaulting on their mortgages and or not paying their mortgages. And then the mortgage uh, handling fees that Rocket, excuse not Rocket, that Mr. Cooper makes all of its money on is at risk. If I see a stimulus deal happen, if I see a stimulus deal, I'm actually going to buy Mr. Cooper. But we don't have a stimulus deal yet, so I bought Rocket this morning. I think yesterday. This morning or yesterday. I bought Rocket. I own it now. I'm proud to own it. But know what about this one thing about Rocket? Rocket must continue to Rocket to grow that stock because it's richly valued. People have high expectations for Rocket. They got to keep crushing those expectations. I think they just might do it, at least for the next 12 months. I own Rocket. I might own Mr. Cooper, too, if we get a stimulus deal. And Jordan, what about you? What All have right. you done, or what so, are you thinking you're going to do? Here are my thoughts on Rocket, right? So what I like about them is exactly what Chris said. They really don't have the risk. They've got all the upside on originating these loans, right? So they get those fees up front, and then they don't have to worry about anything after that. Um, they're also a solid growth company. I mean, they have rocketed from being... A one percent, one percent of mortgage origination a few years ago to now they're at like what almost nine percent early this year of mortgage origination. So they are growing, um, but like Chris said, they're also you know they've done about five billion dollars of revenue in 2019, but they're valued at what 54 billion dollars. So they're they're, I mean that's ten times revenue. So they are very richly valued. So they've got to keep growing it. I think like ten to twelve percent a year to be able to justify this valuation. So if they can do that, man, I think Rocket is a really good company. But I think the better investment here is going to be Mr. Cooper. Because um, you're not paying you're not paying that premium, right? And so I think you've got light risk on Mr. Cooper. Um, and surely they'll do something to figure out how to get this application online and be able to grow that revenue a little bit more on the front side. We all knew you would pick Mr. Cooper, Jordan. We all knew it. <laughs> I, I, I knew it. I knew it before you even started talking. No, he's already he he was sounded like he was leaning towards Rocket. I'm I'm actually would, shocked. Would you rather hang out with Mr. Cooper or hop on a rocket? Okay. Are, Do you remember that show a, hanging with Mr. Man, Cooper? If, that I, I, I even though the deal, that, with, the deal with Rocket, I, I so I like I'm going to say it. I like Rocket as a company more. I just think that the better deal for an investment is Mr. Cooper right now with the valuations of the way they are. So in the battle between Rocket and Mr. Cooper, our final results, Chris and I are riding a rocket ship and Jordan is hanging with Mr. Cooper. You guys remember that show? <laughs> <laughs> Love that show. I, I think that ages us. But what about you guys? What would you rather? Let us know in the comments and the live chat if you're watching us live. This is Dumb Money Live and th- that was another Would You Rather. That, that was fun. I, I I love doing Would You Rather. That's that's probably my I, I favorite part of the show. Do you know why, guys? Because it actually forces me, like, in my research for this, I was going back and forth for a while. I really was. Like, I was going back because they both have good stories yeah. in terms of an investment, right? And you have to kind of pick one. And it forces you to kind of pick, you know, the better of the two if you have to make a decision. It wasn't a hard decision for me on this one, though, just because one of the companies was just – all right, we've 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 beaten that one to death. We can now talk about and Chris, I'm I'm just so intrigued by this news that you have, this yeah. this this thing that you're going to be a part of that is it, just explain what it is. 
Okay, Dave, before I do it, I, I might not have another opportunity to do this because once I start talking about this new thing, this old thing is going to be truly old. Um, <laughs> you know, we've been giving away my books for free. Just well, I'm mailing them to you for free. My buddy Patrick's mailing them to you. We have 600 left, okay? All you have to do, if you want this book for free, it's 10 years old. It's a $30 book. It's yours. Um, what's the link, Dave? Dumbmoney.tv forward slash book. Forward, right? That's forward all slash. Have to do. You're so like old school. Do, do people slash, say forward, forward slash, slash anymore? It's just slash. I don't. I don't know. Do you, do you still but say you number sign when you're hashtagging something? I don't know. But you have to. This book is kind of old. It's ten years old. You have to live in the U.S. If you live in the U.S., we'll mail you one literally this week, and you'll get it. It's I, this book is so much to me. It's like my entire life story. It's how I turned what twenty thousand to two million over three years. There's a that link down in the description. Uh, so. You can get to dumbmoney.tv/book. Definitely go fill yeah. out that form and get one if you live in the U.S. And Dave, once we mail these out, I will never mail out a free book again because I actually don't have any left other than like the four in my closet. Um, so you have this is your last chance. But I I'm, more... I'm hoarding five in my garage as well, too. So if we, <laughs> if we have like an emergency book need and we can't find one anymore because they are they are so limited edition. <laughs> All right, guys. Tell I'm, me about. Really... So this next thing is another book, right? But it's not your yes, book. It, it is. And so when I was a kid, uh, you know, I don't know, we'd say kid or older kid. Uh, I remember reading Jack Schwager's Market Wizards book. And the thing I like the most about it is he actually audited the people he wrote about. Jack writes about the best traders in the world, the best hedge fund traders in the world. And I, he tells their stories about their methodology and how they achieve what they achieved. And so these 20 or 30 people that have been in his books, for the most part, some of them you know, have faded away over the years. But a lot of them are some of the best traders in the world. They manage billions, tens of billions of dollars, these hedge fund guys. Jack decided to do a book uh, this year. It's coming out in November called Undiscovered. I, I should know the name of the book. Unknown or Undiscovered. I should know the name, right? Uh, un, unknown uh, Market Wizards, okay? So is that the name, Dave? Is it Unknown or is it Undiscovered? I'm, I'm really looking it up this. right now. It's, it's so brand uh, new. Unknown. Unknown. Okay. Unknown Market so, Wizards. Unknown Market Wizards. And Jack spent years traveling the world looking for basically the five best equity traders that he could find who had a 10-year-plus track record of extraordinary returns. He found me. Um, and I'm so proud to announce today that my dream, I didn't even, it wasn't really a dream because I never thought it was actually possible. It's not something like, oh, I'm going to be in a Jack Schwager book someday <laughs> and be one of the top five traders in the world. Um, so he spent months auditing my trading accounts going back 15 years. And he called me one day and said, Chris, you're going to blew out to my house, spend a couple days, uh, interviewing me. Uh, and it was such an amazing experience. I'm in the book. It comes out in November. I'm one of his five top five traders uh self-directed traders in the world and it is let me tell you something guys congratulations first of all chris that is that is such like an honor because the people who have been in these it's he he Steve writes Coleman, these so infrequently right i mean <laughs> everyone who is in these these are like the legendary traders of the era and the fact that you're in the next generation of this book is just mind-blowing to me congratulations and, and, and and thank you, guys. I appreciate it. But the coolest thing about it is he wrote this chapter about social arb trading that is better than anything. I could sit with you for a year and a half and try to teach you social arb trading. He sat with me for two years and in one chapter wrote the cool. I mean, it, he blew my mind how well he described social arb our methodology in this chapter. So, so this is a book. I hope you all buy it. Um, but he asked me to share this with you all today. It's the first time anyone's been invited to join the launch team for Market Wizards, Unknown Market Wizards. I think they're going to cap it at 100 people. That's quite what it honestly. says, yeah. And so, it yeah, is. so if you want to join the launch team, you will get access to chapters of the book before anyone else in the world gets it. I don't know if it's my I hope it's my chapter that he releases. <laughs> um, and you have to agree to eventually hopefully buy a book uh, and review it on Amazon. That's what he really yeah. wants. But, but he also wants you to promote the book on social media. Uh, and so there's a few things he's going to ask you to do, but you'll be part of this launch team for Jack's book, which no one even knows about this launch team yet. I think this is the first time he said, Chris, you can announce it on your show tomorrow. So I'm announcing it. We have a link, Dave, right? In there our is a link. It's down in the description. If you go there, it's it's now on the screen with the uh, with the live chat too. If you go there, you can, if you're one of the first hundred people, and I, I don't know if there's a selection process, but go ahead, 
sign up and uh, be a part of this launch There is team. a selection process, I think. Um, but if you get in early and if you you should qualify. If you're at the top of the you, list, you know, they know that they can't, that you came from dumb money. So you're, you probably yeah. have like a little bit, little gold star next to your name. But by the way, I just want to say, you know, we don't sell anything here. I'm not selling Jack's book. He doesn't pay me. Like, this is just cool to be in his book. Yeah. And I want to, I'm going to be a big part of promoting his book later this year. I'll be doing a lot of media for it. And I'm, I am proud to be in it, guys. It, it is you know me, I like it frustrates me. All these guys on FinTwit talking about they're the greatest traders and just pay me twenty nine bucks a month. I'll tell you how to be a great trader. I, I hate those people. I hate them so much um, because none of them are for real. None of them will let you audit their track record, right? I've contacted a bunch of them. No, they will literally ghost you the second you ask them to prove that they've done anything real in the market over any period of time. And that's what well, that, that I think his methodology of auditing the people influenced you that before you wrote your book, you had your history audited by a, a, what, an accounting firm then, and you published yeah. that in the book. So that he audited your audit too. So, that's but you know, so the good. other people in this book are pretty good too, Dave. It, it's pretty wild. People he's writing on this book. Anyway, that's it. I just want to let you guys know. That is so cool. Um, there's, there's so, so much going on that we're, I, I hope we have time to talk about more headlines. Uh, but there was a series of tweets that caught my eye yesterday that I just have to talk to you guys about because it's my favorite, my favorite, uh, guy of all time. He's, he's the PT Barnum Tesla wannabe. Mr. Trevor Milton, the CEO. He's not actually CEO. He's actually just, I think, their executive chair of Nikola Motors. But I do have to give credit to Twitter and um, Jessica Meckman. Here is uh, here's the tweet that that caught my eye yesterday. And basically, this is she's not a, she's not a journalist. She's not a financial analyst, as far as I can tell. She's like a photographer and a Tesla driver, and and apparently not a Nikola fan. So, uh, you know, she and I would probably get along well, but she posted this, the SEC filing for the uh, people who were awarded shares, um, like performance-based compensation. And basically they've already qualified for all of their, uh, their, their, their performance-based pay without actually making a single product. And she says it's their main compensation package vesting in 2023. As long as they stay employed, all the goals have been achieved. So for Trevor, that means a quarter billion dollar payout and 750, 750 million dollars for the uh, overall exec team. So I went back and I wanted to see the rest of her uh, tweets on the subject because this kind of stuff just fascinates me. And apparently, wait, wait so what? I didn't get to see what, what, what about Mark Russell? What's he going to make up of this? Off of this thing, he's the CEO. Um, he's. He, I think. Him? I think it was like uh, five, five hundred, like fifty. Uh, I'll have to look. I can't zoom in on this screen, but yeah. I will. Uh, okay. He's he's number two, and I think uh, Trevor has like twenty five percent of the the uh, shares, and he has like half of that. So just in okay. In, in so a lot, a of, lot money. of money. Yes. Guys, this is part of the issue with SPACs, right? Because SPACs have less controls uh, in terms of when you bring them public and you could slide stuff like this in. I am fascinated so, by this. I'm fascinated by Trevor, this guy. I can't He's going around him. telling people that he is, you know, he tweets this. I, he's taking this $1 a year salary for, you know, PR purposes. But what he's not talking about is the $6 million a year that he's given in stock and 4.8 million shares that he gets granted uh by hitting by hitting a threshold not based on any kind of sales but purely based on the stock price. So also I saw it yesterday. Always be skeptical when a CEO tells you that or a CEO or somebody in a position of power like that tells you they're taking like a dollar you know. salary. They're they're getting uh, compensated exactly. in other ways. So yesterday he tweeted that he is giving away six million shares of his personal shares to employees. And that got me wondering how many shares could this guy possibly have? You know, the day the IPO came out, the news was that he became an instant billionaire. Uh, he had a net worth that was increased by like $4.6 billion. So I did the research and found that he has, as, as best as I can tell from, from public filing, he has 92.2 million shares of Nikola. So in reality, all of this extra quarter billion dollars, he may get an additional performance stock grants, really pretty small compared to the $5 billion he already has, a uh, stock that, that's just sitting in his account that he can't technically sell right now. He has a lockup period, but that is exactly why the stock is so important to him. 
92 million shares locked up. But, by the way, they've stated in their SEC filings that uh, they are going to continue to incur losses basically each quarter until they have significant deliveries of their trucks, which is not expected to begin until 2021 for one model, 2023 for the other. Uh, Even if we are able to successfully develop and sell or lease our trucks, there will be no assurance that they will be commercially successful. Like red flag warning, but that, I mean, it's pretty common for public companies to have to disclose all of the risks. Yes. There's uh, there's risk and everything. But to, to, to get this extra money, he just has to keep the stock price up both for the 92 million shares he has. And those 92 million, there's a holding period of 180 days for some of them, one year for some others. And they're not planning to actually make a vehicle during that time. So he could actually sell all of his existing shares before they make a single vehicle. Dave, this is like a game of hot potato and uh, I'm holding the potato right now, willingly holding the potato. I don't think, uh, you know, I don't think this company is going to implode this year. And that's my hope, at least. I think there will be some mega announcements between now and the end of the year. More stock collabs. Stock collabs. Yeah, more stock collabs, man. So people people are comparing this, though, to Nikola is being always compared to Tesla. And nobody is more, you know, this guy, Trevor, is the first to always compare himself. Well, it's just like getting into Tesla in the early days, but it's, it's really not at all. But people compare this, you know, this payment scheme to the elaborate one that uh, that we talked about that Elon has, but those are tied to actual operational thresholds. There's like eight different uh, revenue and uh, earnings thresholds, and the, the company has a valuation threshold, like 12 different uh, valuation market cap thresholds and eight for a uh, thing. So their pay plan was completely aspirational. If Elon was able to hit those it would be a successful company because they actually have been a successful company, not just a stock pump. But Trevor and Nikola, on the other hand, they had a single milestone. The stock price just had to be above $55 for 20 days, which it did barely. So thanks to uh, Twitter, we can see that that little yellow box there shows that it was above just long enough to qualify for him to... Basically, the entire exec can, can team I, unlocked that $750 million of shares. And they don't have to sell a single product. They just have to stay employed until April of 2023. Can I respond to Nathan Meese? Is Chris holding, is Chris holding Nikola still? The hell is this guy doing? Chris makes great calls. How is he making this terrible call? Nathan, I've told you guys so many times, I hate Nikola. I hate it with the passion. I think the company is going to likely 95% chance implode. I am holding it only because I'm in on, you know, I'm in on, you know, the stock collab scheme that I think is going to play out over the next few months. And I think there's a better than 50-50 chance that these announcements that come out between now and the end of the year push the stock higher, not lower. But I don't like Nikola. I'm not going to be in Nikola very long, dude. Don't worry. I'm not buying into any of this. <laughs> I'm just, I just, it, it's a hype play. And I do think he's going to have opportunities to manipulate the market between now and the end of the year because he, no one's looking for him to produce a truck between now and the end of the year. Yeah. So what can he do wrong, He's, right? What can he do wrong? I mean, wrong? He, has a, he has a $1 salary and he's not expecting to make anything at all until 2021. Again, their SEC filings, uh, <laughs> they, they can basically, the only value they're creating is their stock, right? They're, they're not, they're not going to yeah. sell anything. And that... Well, please, everybody know I don't like Nikola. I'm not a Nikola fanboy. I do not think it's a great long-term. That's not me. And by the way, you know, guys, we're not financial advisors. We, we forgot to tell you that this show. We're not financial advisors. Don't do what we do because our risk tolerance is totally different than yours. No, I'm, I'm, so more of a, I'm more of a conspiracy theory researcher than a financial advisor. And I'm finding some – when there, when there's heat, there's fire or whatever – they're, they're not Dave. Are you holding the stock right I'm now? I'm not holding the stock. No, I'm I'm long Tesla only, and I I don't yep. think I ever bought Nikola even just as a fun fun little day trade or whatever. Yeah, that's all. That's yeah, all. Chris, it is Chris can separate these things, and I appreciate that. And I actually agree, I like fundamentally agree with it. I just can't do it. I I can't. <laughs> I can't. Buy they it. expect to begin assembly of trucks in 2021 and to produce trucks in 2023 at the earliest. 
does does that even does that, that that sounds like they potentially could have something in 2021 but that's just they're starting to piece the parts together at one factory in 2021 and then when does the next factory they're going model? to actually produce the vehicles does it say which model they want to have in 2021? Is that the pickup truck or is that the semi? It's the, uh, it's the semi with, it's like the shorter version of the semi on their website. It's like the okay. third one over. <laughs> maybe, um, you know, our, our, our Hewitt Packard play, maybe Nickel is supporting that using all of it. You know how much colorful ink they're using to kind of put out their graphics to all their vendors, right? I mean, that's all they're doing is printing pictures of trucks. These days, do they even print them though? No, they just put no, them on they, the internet yeah. so people can. They, they see do. Them. They do really nice photoshopping, and someone has gotten really good with video because I've seen like really nice renderings of their trucks driving down the road that look photorealistic. It, they they have hired the best when it comes to like special effects. I'm sure. I'm sure it's you know nobody's making movies right now, so they're all just animating uh, Nikola trucks. Dave, before we get into our premiere, guys, you got to stick around for this premiere because it's the best video segment we have ever put out at Dumb Money. It's going to blow your mind. But uh, before we get into that, I forgot last episode to talk about the new the new IPO that I bought into. And I want to talk about just for a minute here. Um, I did tweet it out to a couple people that asked me after the episode was over. Vital Farms, right? I invested in an egg company, Vital Farms. Why did I invest in an egg company? Well, I really believe that this company has the right mindset uh, when it comes to connecting with change in culture. And when I think about the next generation of consumers and how they view this product category specifically, it's all about having trust. All right. They've seen the movies. They understand uh, how terrible it is when animals are mistreated. And there is a trust that this company is developing with their consumer set that enables them to make two to three times what other egg producers make for their eggs. So egg margins are really small, but for Vital Farms, they're able to get a super premium on it. And what's most important about that is it then allows them to move into different product categories. I think they make the egg bites at Starbucks, okay, that have bacon in them, and they actually have like bacon and cheese in the egg itself, you microwave. So and they're now selling those direct to consumers. They're getting into other areas, other egg-related areas. I think they have right now like 3% of the egg market, but they have the best positioning at Whole Foods, the best positioning at all the grocery stores that they're in. They're developing really strong connections with their customer base. And listen, I don't know how big the egg game is this next (laughs) decade, but I do think that Vital Farms, you can make a case that, oh, they're valued a little high, they're a little, little hype for an egg company. But I think they're going to dominate the egg space. Hey, it's not and just eggs. They, they also make butter, right? Butter, too. I hear that customer. Not I, buy, I buy their eggs. I don't buy their butter because I'm a Kerrygold yeah. guy. But their Me eggs too. are really good. And they've got these little uh, notes from the farmer inside each uh, six-pack, which is... I you mean, know, here's the thing, I guys. read them. I love investing in a category I think is going to grow. And when it comes to... It's not the overall egg category, but this is the kind of uh, naturally, um, uh, you know, millennial-friendly egg company in terms of the way they treat their product and the growth of their product. I love investing in companies that are leading in their space and innovating and taking charge, whether it's Tesla or whether it's Peloton or any of these other companies that we talk about in the show. In a weird way, this really is that company for eggs, and I want to have a piece of that growth, right? I don't know how big of a deal it's going to be over the next decade, but I like the risk reward. So I'm invested in Vital Farms. They could go up or down in the short run. I don't even really care. I want to have a piece of that company. The same way I have a piece of that uh, cauliflower company that we invested in, Jordan, uh, that's still private. Yeah, I will um, be buying me some Vital Farms. And it actually just dropped a little bit today. So this might actually be a really good time to buy it. Yeah. You're a customer too, right, Jordan? So like, I'm Dave, def- Oh, yeah. I'm a huge customer. Yeah. I think they're going to expand their, their brand. Their brand is amazing for an egg company. Okay. Like amazing. And I could see them doing massive expansion, maybe even beyond eggs over the next few years. And by the way, you know how they, how they work, Jordan, they just have like 200 local farmers that do all their stuff. They're constantly adding new local farms all the time. The, but that's the deal. Really they, cool. said they put the note in from that local farmer and like how that farmer I mean, it's great. So cool. So cool. Hey, um, um, qu- question from uh, Pedro. Have you guys looked into the uh, IPO for Lemonade? That's another one that, that is uh, affected by list, this housing. Pedro. It's on my list, Pedro. I bought it for a minute and sold it because I didn't have time to do my research on it. And I know I know of the company. 
I just haven't done a deep dive and I'm not comfortable investing until I do my deep dive. Uh, yeah, that's what I've been wanting to look into also. I, my cursory glance looked like it was a little expensive, but I think everything's expensive. So, by the way, can I just say something? Have you ever in the history of CNBC heard Jim Cramer when someone asked him about a stock go, you know, I don't really know. I haven't done my research on them yet. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to get back to you. I need, I need, I need some more time to do research because I really can't provide a qualified opinion on that. Has he ever said that ever? You know, no, no. Like he, ever? he knows about every stock just instantly, right. regardless of how obscure it might be. He That's what makes him a professional, Chris. That's why he's been on TV for as long as he has. <laughs> oh, uh, so I actually don't know do what we're doing right now. Um, I logged in and it looks like that our... The, the printer episode is ready to go, but it's not scheduled as a premiere. So I'm not sure if there's some reason that we're, have, have you heard anything from the team that was uh, uploading that? No, maybe it was just, uh, am I supposed to, I don't know. Turn should, it we on? Just, should we just, did they think that there was no way we were going to stay to an hour and that, that the premiere would happen while we're still, are they, are they watching right now? We could ask them to do it. I, I thought don't they, know. I thought they watched. I, don't well, I know. hope they're watching. I, they, yeah. I, hope, I hope they are. Um, yeah. So what should we do, Dave? Should we should we uh, just run it as an episode right now and tell people oh, to you go know what? over they, and they, watch they it? They didn't have a help. thumbnail, so it looks like they just uploaded a thumbnail. <laughs> this is <Okay>. this is great. <laughs> I was wondering why the thumbnail this was just a picture of you like this. <laughs> dumb money. <laughs> so I'm going to wait for confirmation if someone wants to text one of us and let us know that uh, the premiere is scheduled. Maybe let's let's just like try to do it at 12:30 because we can keep talking, right? Or <laughs> no, I can't keep talking, Dave, because you. So Dave and Jordan have rightfully, rightfully been beating me up because I'll just talk forever and I'll talk over them, and you know, like I just I don't know when to stop. And the reason why is because I spend so much time, guys researching these investments like i spend so when we have an episode on thursday and the episode's over i take a few hour break and i go in my hole for two or three days and for the most part do nothing but research investments a lot of them for the next show right and so we get to the next show and an hour seems like a lot of time but it flies by and next thing you know it's two hours and two and a half hours but i really tried this episode to not want to talk about too much so i wouldn't be tempted to go past our hour and we did we it did we did it, it. We first did time ever we stayed we stayed within the hour i'm oh, i'm so proud of you chris right i'm proud of me too i'm proud of me too um oh no hurricane talk let's talk about the hurricane oh, yes. yeah kevin coffin's asking about the hurricane talk is it a hurricane if it lands in the marshland where nobody lives, and I know there are people that live down there. And there are it people is, that live there. It's just not It's not a city center, right? And so the biggest threat, I guess, is storm surge across um, across that coast in New Orleans, right? Um, but what, what, what investable companies are based there or would be affected by the that marsh being um, affected? Or, you know, what, what, is there anything that we well, should... Well, that would be on, like, the... That would be on the downside, right? And so, uh, didn't Chris, weren't you looking at... Uh, oh, I'll, I'll let you talk about it. You were looking at refineries, right? Yeah, I already sold out of that, man. I'm out. Yeah. It was actually not a... It was a you ETF were in a one-day on gas. gasoline trade, right? <laughs> one-day gasoline trade. I was in. I lost a little bit of money. I'm out. I just... It's not... It, I didn't research it very well. Um, no, I'm out of that, guys. I'm out of that. Uh, by the way, someone asked me... Are you still long Vista outdoors, VSTO? Absolutely. I know it's been coming down some. Uh, I really, really like this outdoor, this gun trade, right? The ammo trade. I'm seeing more momentum in the last week, obviously, around the gun trade. And I think that will come around and help be a, yet another tailwind for Vista outdoors. I mean, that stock just flew so high so quickly. There's no way to know what you know who's selling it off right now. I, I sold it off. I, I I contributed to that uh, downward momentum of Vista. I'm out now. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I get it. I I I'm out. I'm in. I'm in still. And part of the reason why I'm in is one of those stocks that I want to transfer into my uh, charitable foundation that I'm opening any day now. It's I'm waiting on the paperwork, and I got to get the account set up. And I I like. I don't want to sell the stocks. If I sell the stock, Dave, I have to pay massive taxes yeah. on it, and that's less, less money, money that charity. I get to put into the charity. Yeah. So I want. I just ugh, it stinks, but I'm just gonna like I'm gonna hold out on it right now. My gains 
dude, my gains are like crazy on that. So it's like 150%. It's, it's, it's wow. disgusting. Yeah. Um, so no, uh, there's some other stuff here. Oh, we're talking about SPACs. There's Tattooed Chef. I, that's, you know, I want to look into Tattooed Chef. That is definitely one that I thought was interesting. And I just, it's on my list, guys. Uh, Donnie, it's on my list. I will look at Jordan. I feel like that's one that you should look into too. I look like, into it. I, I've actually never even heard of this. So I need to figure out what they do. Can we talk about, yeah. uh, you know, one of the other big things that we kept talking about was uh, the comeback of sports and online gambling and, and all of that. And now that the NBA, WNBA, MLB, MLS canceled all of their games and, and this boycott, how long could that happen? Could, could it affect our big investment in GAN? Um, yes, it could. Um, it's not awesome for GAN, but remember, GAN, even though there's a perception that they're reliant on that industry segment of sports, they're really more about the casino gaming. So, yeah, they do get impacted, but not as much as like a pen does. And what I've said was I want to get out of my pen when I see the first sign falling apart. I wasn't quite prepared for sports to fall apart because of this, though. I thought it was yeah. going to be a pandemic situation. Yeah, this this came out of nowhere, right? I mean, I, at least for me, I, I was really surprised by some of these announcements. I was, I'm a, I was kind of shocked. I saw it last night. I was shocked that it actually happened. But now that it's happening, I'm kind of trying to figure out, Does Jordan, do you think this – does this happen now in football? I mean, do you think this transfers over to football or no? Like, and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's so much money to be made in football that I mean, I mean, there's a decent amount of money to be made in the NBA playoffs. You know, like I, I mean, I don't disagree. I'm not a big basketball fan, so I'm not like as invested in it. So I'm like, eh. Yeah, I mean, listen, if the Mavs would have won this week on that game five, I'd be really upset right now. But now that they're losing three to two and might get booted out this week. Anyway, I'm kind of like, oh, you know, maybe delay this a little bit, or if they end it, the Mavs didn't really lose anything. Wait, right? so are they like gonna? Are they shutting the whole thing down completely and gonna? Are they gonna? Talking about it, they've talked it? about it. Yeah, potentially shutting the whole season, just like saying we're done. Yeah, let us out of the bubble. Yeah, because all I heard was that like maybe the Clippers and one other team uh, bowed out, but I guess it's getting bigger than that. Yeah, I'm going to keep an eye on it because I might need to sell my pen at least temporarily uh, if it seems like sports is going to fall apart because they the pen should come down significantly if that happens. Yeah. And then I'll get back in pen, okay? Just oh, so by you the know, way, yeah, Livongo, we're still in Livongo. I, yeah, that's yeah, a long-term deal little programming note. I found out that we are going to premiere the printer episode and the sustained spike doubling down on printer stocks. We're going to premiere that right at 12.15 Central, so two minutes from now. So you can stick with us here, and then we'll let you know when you need to jump over to there because this is this has more explosions, more it's, – it's, it's kind of amazing. You, you get to see uh, um, screaming children. <laughs> but, but by, by the way, Philip, I, I can't move it into the Charitable Foundation because it's not open yet. Like the Charitable Foundation is um, Chris, opening the account right how, now. When are we going to get uh, that Charitable Foundation going? Because I also have some stocks that I would like to donate to charity. Uh, I'm sorry, Dave. I, uh, yeah, I'll get. I'll give you the contact info. You can get your setup in in five days. I just have to open the brokerage account with Ameritrade. I haven't done that piece yet, but I actually have the paperwork filed. It's literally an email that you send to the guy, and I'll have it set up for you in seventy two oh, hours. Sweet. Uh, and, and you're good to go. You need to have three board of dire- three directors on the board. You want to be on my board? Uh, Both yeah. Of you? Sure. Well, I don't know. Uh, that's kind of interesting. <laughs> I trust you to be responsible with this stuff. Are you kidding? Uh, <laughs> I, I can't think of anyone more trustworthy That's so great anyway um dude this episode i am so who would have thought that my favorite dumb money episode like related to stocks would be a printer episode it re- i really hope this printer trade works out today it's not a high conviction trade so i don't know for sure that it will but i would really like this one to work out because i love this segment that we're about to premiere so much that it would be a shame if this lost money for everybody and me, right? And we have such a beautiful segment for it. So uh, yeah, but guess what? I I'm always why am I always the naysayer? Like I'm I was out on this whole idea of printers because I don't print well, anything. You, 
Yeah, but it's not about you. It's about the people. We've said it. It's about the people. People, not everyone is like you, Dave, because you are an anomaly, as am I, in a weird way. But it's, you know, you got to get in the mindset of the people. I don't like what my trading account has done since we started this show, by the way. It was such a good morning when we started. What has happened over the last hour? It, it, is Piton still up or is that even down, it, coming down? That's coming down. Oh, man. This is a bummer. It's a <laughs> How bummer. How much money did right, you lose while we were on TV here today? 400. Ooh. Well, I was up 200. Now I'm down 200. So $400,000 swing. During the course of this show, cost me a lot of money. No, that dude, should be the title of our show. This show cost me four hundred thousand dollars, and it cost me sixty-two thousand dollars. Oh, oh! And I'm not Man. nearly as aggressive as you are. Yeah, it it is what it is. Are we starting this thing, Matt? We're about two minutes away. Yeah, they, they just started guys, the little countdown you, clock. When you, when you turn over to our other YouTube channel, guys, to watch this premiere, can you please give us a thumbs up? Uh, we really want to try to promote the old channel because we're going to be doing a ton of these fun episodes. Uh, they're really short. Guys, I promise this one's going to hold your attention from beginning to end. It's like nine minutes. The graphics are insane. I'm so happy with the editor we're working with, Jordan 2. We'll call him Jordan 2. Um, he's awesome. We've got a minute 40. Yeah, we, have, we have a minute. So uh, what what else? Like I saw, like I can just pull up my Twitter because I was I was retweeting this morning. If you guys um, follow us here, here's where you can follow us on the Twitter. Our name's on the screen there at Dave Hansen, at Chris Camillo, at Jordan underscore McLean. But did you uh, see 25% of U.S. malls, there are a thousand, they're going to go dark within five years. What happens next? Converting industrial. Have you seen like Amazon is turning uh, like, yeah. like uh, what, JCPenney stores into distribution hubs? That is that is smart. By the way, if they let you just drop your package off there for returns, it might get people to go back to the mall. Well, that was the whole deal with Kohl's, remember? That was the whole Kohl's thing, right? The, yeah. that, like Kohl's yeah. was trying to reinvent itself by purely being a uh, mailboxes, etc. <laughs> UPS yeah. store. So we're just, um, we're, we're actually getting close. We're about 30 seconds away. So that is going to be... Uh, it for today. Thank you guys so much for watching and please go over to Dumb Money, the original channel, youtube.com slash dumb money. Click on this video, doubling down on printer stock in 2020, why we're investing in HPQ, social signals. Thank you guys so much for watching. We are Dumb Money. We will see you guys on, what day is today? We'll see you on Monday.